Good morning, good afternoon, or good night. I'm your host, Adrian Conway, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Rise. Today, this is going to be almost like a bonus episode. I'm actually talking programming. I haven't really done this throughout my experience on my podcast, but many of you follow me on different formats. You follow me on Instagram. You either follow the training app that I offer, True Fitness, and you have an idea that I have developed an expertise in strength conditioning throughout the years. I studied it in college and I got into CrossFit just after my football career in 2011 and have been coaching and doing CrossFit at a high level ever since, getting onto level one seminar staff, teaching over 100 seminars across the country, becoming familiar with the CrossFit style of programming, Dave Castro's history, of course, all the programming and every event that existed from 2011 through my experience here, even to last year as a master's athlete in 2021 and that much beyond. I've programmed thousands of affiliate workouts throughout the years and still currently help a few affiliates with their day-to-day uh, programming to help optimize the efficiency within their community and optimize the results that they're seeing. The point that I'm trying to make and the baseline that I'm trying to lie down for you guys as listeners is that I've had my hand in a good bit of programming, understanding the flow of workouts, the design of workouts, the format, the movement selection, the intended stimulus, and of course, just what is the test trying to accomplish? Now, we're entering this season of semifinals, and most of you know that because you have listened to other episodes that I alluded to. The birth of Athlete to Athlete, the intro episode, and then most recently, our first interview with Christine Kohlenbrander that went live not long ago, later this week. And you got to stay tuned because I'm going to sit down and chat with Pat Vellner about his semifinal season and his vision towards the CrossFit Games this year. And the same with the young gun, Dallin Pepper, and his perspectives on what is to come through this CrossFit season for him as he gets prepared to throw down himself. But today, we are talking about one of the semifinals that's going down this weekend in the Syndicate Crown. Now, this workout is going to be taking place in Tennessee. It has got several big dogs on the roster. I mean, throughout the course of this weekend, to be honest with you, we're basically going to see all three champions throw down. We're going to get to watch CrossFit Mayhem out there on the floor. We're going to get to watch Tia Claire Toomey out there in at the Torian Pro. And then, of course, we are going to get to see our man, Justin Medeiros, his first time defending his crown as the fittest on earth here at this particular event. So today we're going through the programming and I have some opinions about the programming at the syndicate crown and many other people do as well. I recently listened to pieces of Ben Smith and his cadre over there at uh, Krypton give a breakdown of syndicate crown. He's about to also throw down the guy that won the CrossFit games the year that I was there in 2015. So one of the fittest men in the history of the sport, certainly someone that I constantly looked up to, although I do have an advantage on him in age. So I'm an older athlete than Ben, but um, he's been around forever. If you guys aren't familiar with this, Ben became notorious for lifting in his parents' garage in front of a refrigerator but he moved like an angel. 
at a time when CrossFit had a lack of high level development, specifically in Olympic lifting, Ben Smith moved a barbell like it, like he was doing it from the, the moment he exited his mother's womb. I mean, my man just made you want to learn how to be better at it. And he, he, he personally raised my curiosity about Olympic lifting and in how I could apply it in my own fitness, even before I had a true vision for wanting to be competitive in the sport CrossFit. So nonetheless, I got a ton of respect and admiration for Ben, got to throw down with them a few times in different formats, but he was very critical of the syndicate crown programming. And there are some things I agree with him on, and there are some things that I don't. Um, there were some comments made particularly uh, overarchingly, like programming needs to create separation and programming needs to do particular things that I don't really agree that programming needs to do or programming needs to be. He talked about particular limiters and programming creating limiters and having this I agree with. He said that programming basically needs to have an intention for the test. No doubt. No doubt there needs to be an intention. There needs to be a direction. There needs to be diversity. It needs to be well-rounded. It's our job when we come with programming to protect the athletes from a biased outcome, meaning that if I have athletes that truly call this sport at this point a professional pursuit and they show up at my event, they can't have a doubt in their mind that if they perform the best that they can, the fittest will leave. There could be some doubt here this weekend with this programming. There's no, there's no way to get around that even as I sit here and introduce before I jump into these workouts. But what I want to preface is that I don't think a workout needs to be a particular way. Sexy, complex, heavy, elusive, anything. I don't think it needs to create separation. I think the athletes need to create separation. And if that separation is down to three seconds for two athletes and 20 seconds for 10 athletes, that's okay. And there are people that are saying, well, you know, this event is going to come down to, and particularly we'll, we'll jump into what events are going to have only separation by seconds potentially. But I actually still think that there will be se a separation much greater than that. And um, I think that we'll see athletes create plenty of room for themselves. I think that the events were relatively thought out in that way uh, when it comes to overall speed and, and, and um, execution. Uh, when it comes to like making judgment calls down to tenths of a second or, you know, the hip crease below the knee without a shadow of a doubt type experience. But I digress to say uh, there's a lot of people who are speaking and very critical of what has come out due to semifinals so far. And if you haven't been following CrossFit a ton and you don't know exactly where I'm going with this, uh, the, the layout of the season is as such where we have now advanced past two stages of qualification. We've gone through the CrossFit Open that was three weeks. So it was three particular workouts. We chose the top 10% in the world, both individuals and teams. Now we advanced most recently into what's called quarterfinals, where they allowed all top 10% of the competitors in the world to throw down. And they did this now separately in each particular region, if you will, where um, they had an opportunity to do five workouts in the course of about four days at their own home. Uh, meaning that athletes submitted video, the video was broken down and judged, and there was already controversy about a little bit of that too, which um, I've got opinions about, but we're late to the party, so I'm going to leave that where it's at. Nonetheless, we advance now to the semifinals, and many of these semifinals are going to advance five athletes 
Some will advance three. Some will advance as little as one. Every workout matters. Every effort matters, particularly for athletes that consider this a professional pursuit for them and everybody involved. To be honest with you, I, I never really got to be just a full-time athlete um, just with my skill set and ability and also my time of life uh, needing to provide. And and I was, a, I was a married young man, but always had a vision to having a family. So I wasn't just doing CrossFit um, alone. I was always coaching and, and doing different things, running gyms, coaching online um, for competitors. And it's important to everyone, even myself at that time, even the people who are full-time teachers and full-time firefighters, and it's important to everybody. So I don't even want to gloss over the fact that, well, it only matters if it's for professional athletes. No, it matters. And, and we should execute everything from programming to programming review, to programming ex execution, to event execution, to athlete care, to everything at the utmost level in order for us to actually follow through and do it well. Do it with the understanding that actually everything that we do represents CrossFit HQ. And well, you can have your disagreements wherever they fall. CrossFit HQ has done a lot for each and every one of us, particularly if you're listening to this podcast and you've followed me through my competitive years, my coaching years, my opportunities to compete on the floor as a team. If you have your CrossFit level one, if you're owning an affiliate and managing an affiliate or you simply participate in the fitness at a CrossFit affiliate. HQ been around for a minute, done a lot, done a lot of good. So when athletes and, and events have an opportunity to rep uh, the mothership, I think they should do it with a particular amount of respect, urgency, um, and of course, stick to what they know when it comes to keep it simple, stupid, write a good workout where the athletes create the separation and the athletes are the show not the workout. Any good, let me go ahead and back up. Any jerk can program a hard workout. Any person that's been around the sport for a while that thinks they're creative can create a creative or challenging or complex workout. But it takes someone who understands the sport, understands the, the desired outcome for a particular weekend or a particular sport, and is humble enough to take the back seat when you're programming for something like a like a competition to not let yourself or the minds behind the programming try to be the show by well this is going to be fancy or oh this is really going to do x or do y hey have an idea of the test the time domains have well balanced movement selection have well balanced load selection let the athletes chase intensity. Sure, have a workout or two where the movements and the, and the exercises do help create some separation. And then have workouts where it's going to be tight. All right, let's jump into this thing. I've been, I've been moving and talking for too long. The Syndicate Crown kicks off this weekend, May 19th, or I'm sorry, May 20th. Um, I'll be watching it. There's no doubt about that. Anytime I get an opportunity, we will be doing a mock semifinal this weekend here with a couple of my athletes that are gearing up to be uh, thrown down all the way from uh, at semifinals that range from Africa to Granite Games to Atlas Games. So I will be a bit occupied, but I'm going to be getting in all of these events at some point because you know, if you haven't heard, your boy's also going to be doing some commentary and my first gig is going to be the Atlas game. So I got to practice this, flex the 
understanding to communicate a little bit better but event one at the syndicate crown kicks off on friday and it's going to be a barbell complex this is one of the workouts that crossfit hq dropped for us um and the individual event is for max load three attempts and just so you know because crossfit hq dropped this for everyone this is a workout that will be at every single semifinal, no matter what they did this with two events to regulate some of the testing. This particularly event will help them regulate what they need to do at the CrossFit games in regards to heavy loading or barbell selection or, or the lifts that they want to challenge or test. So now that everyone's going through this complex that I'm going to read in a second, I think it helps give them clarity on what they need to test to make the tests more complete, which is also something that we'll talk about as we go. Three attempts for max load. Three cleans. The clean can be any way, folks. Split clean, power clean, squat clean. Two front squats and one jerk, one shoulder to overhead. Now, this test is going to be where you have one minute to perform the lift. There will be four minutes that go by between your attempts as other athletes are also taking their attempts. You get to reload the bar or, or, or you know, increase the weight and go again. Now, I like this format because it takes three attempts. Athletes get an opportunity to open with something that is a little more secure. Athletes get an opportunity to hit a solid weight at attempt two. And then athletes get an opportunity to put on a dang show for attempt three. Athletes, if you're listening to this, put on a dang show. Go for it. Show yourself. Take some chances, baby. This is the big show. This is the big stage where everyone is there to watch you slang and bang this barbell. Do your thing. Now, again, Negative feedback about this complex is that I heard, particularly from that Ben Smith podcast or sit down or whatever it was that they do. Hey, why are we doing this when we can just test a one rep max clean and jerk or one rep max snatch? Or you could do a snatch ladder where you do, you know, a clean and jerk ladder where you advance from the barbell and just kind of go up the ladder. Well, it's not a ladder and it's not a one rep max clean and jerk, yet we're still testing strength. They tried to argue that they're not testing what this, what CrossFit thinks they're testing. No, they're testing exactly what they want to be testing. They're testing cyclical barbell skills at just under max load. And we're going to see athletes do 90% plus of their one rep max clean and jerk at this complex. So when you have an argument like, why do this? Why, why do that? Well, if CrossFit is truly constantly varied, what are we going to do? Just set the standards and show up and do a, a clean and jerk or a snatch at every single event? If we always have the understanding and idea of how to prepare for something, it's not right when it comes to CrossFit. And there are things that have been redundant and become redundant within the sport of CrossFit. There is no doubt about that. And we can be better about programming it. But this is a good way to change it up. We've seen speed ladders in the past. We've seen snatch ladders where it's slow. We've seen clean and jerk ladders at, under duress. We've seen slow clean and jerk ladders. We've seen two attempts to find a max for the snatch. We've seen the same thing with clean and jerk. We've seen double unders into snatch ladders. Like we've done a lot, right? We haven't done a lot of barbell cycling from HQ. HQ programming it, we haven't seen a lot of it. This is fantastic. It's great. It changes the way that athletes have to prepare now in their mind. There are some camps, there are some athletes who do well with training this way. They do multiple efforts of a clean and jerk and a snatch in different positions and different variations, and they're going to be rewarded because they've done this. This helps grow the sport breadthwise in us not knowing how exactly to prepare and optimize for a test. To me, that's the roots of the sport. It's fantastic. It's great. You don't just walk in and do seven heavy singles at a clean and jerk and expect for that to be the, the solution for you to get great because there are athletes who will amass a pretty strong clean and jerk and, and it's going to help 
smaller or quote unquote weaker athletes have a better shot at uh at competing head to head with some of these big dogs, these big strong athletes. So Nonetheless, I like the event. We're moving forward. Event two is more of a chipper style event where we are going to go. Uh, I'm just going to read it off for you. Event two for time, Oregon Trail, 30 cal echo bike, tank push 75 feet, 30 double dumbbell burpee deadlifts, 50 pounds for men, 35 for ladies, tank push 75 feet, 20 cal echo bike, tank push 75 feet, 20 dumbbell Double dumbbell hang snatches, again, 50 pounds and 35 for the ladies. Um, tank push, 75 feet. 10 cal echo bike, tank push, 75 feet. 10 devil press, 50 pounds for men, 35 for the ladies. Now, for time. Time cap, 12 minutes. Now, this workout is is grunt work, right? They could they could have called this workout grunt work to me where, okay, um, we're going we're gonna to measure the ability of an athlete to put out power on the echo bike which is where they'll probably spend the majority of the time of this workout. They're going to push the tank sled a lot back and forth. It's not a great place to create separation for athletes, but I will say and lean into the fact that because of the fatigue that you build up on the bike, the tanks, the tank sled push will be different. And the fact that a lot of athletes haven't had exposure to these double dumbbell um, movements, particularly how they're programmed, and in short repetitions, um, it, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. And I do believe it will be a very close race. Now, again, there, there was never negative feedback about this event because the event has a lot of echo bike. Well, okay. So we're testing a grunt work again. There's not, it's a very low skill event, which certainly has its place in our sport. Um, I believe again, overall work capacity needs to be tested. We like to see a show of athletes suffering and getting after work. Um, uh, this is going to be one of those workouts where people might say, oh, it's not, it's not something, it's not complex enough. Where's the separator again, create separation in the NBA. They haven't raised the level of the, the basketball hoop. Right. And while they've changed the length of the three point line over time, now athletes have stepped far beyond that and are shooting up three pointers, you know, two steps past half court and, that's not to do a buzzer beater, right? And and what I'm pointing out is that the evolution of all sports hasn't been to make something harder. It's the athletes become greater and the test changes because of their adaptation development, skill development, time they put in, professionalism, everything. So don't break down a workout and say it's not hard enough. It's not complex enough. It needs to separate. No, the athletes and the competitors create the separation. That is the show. Don't try to be a programmer that makes you the show. Here we go. Continue to advance. 2014 regional event, event five. I do like the Oregon Trail. I want to say before I touch on this event, this event, um, I think it's going to be a work capacity test. It's one of their events that actually fits within the programming model. These first three together to me makes sense. Okay. Um, do I want to see more skills as we advance past it? Yes. Do I get that? We'll talk about that in a second. But event three, this will take place as event one on Saturday, 2014 regional event five, 10 rounds for time, one legless rope climb to 15 feet, 170 foot run. And it is kind of like a shuttle run. So it's down and back on the floor. This is going to be a fast event, particularly for the men. Um, for the women, we're going to see some greater gaps of separation, of course. Uh, but for the most part, guys, Syndicate Crown didn't select this event. This was prescribed by CrossFit. And from what I understand, event one, the barbell complex, and this event, event three here, were given to them prior to them establishing the rest of their program, and their job was to fill in the holes. 
however they deemed that they wanted to, deemed necessary. So 10 rounds for time, one legless rope climb, shuttle run. It's going to be fast. It's important to understand how the athletes approach the rope, jump high, climb the rope, all these great things. However, again, negative feedback about this event is that it's going to be too tight of a race. Well, this is a great one to have as a, as a tight race. It is still testing fitness. Yes, we're testing their ability to run and change direction. Well, God forbid that be the case, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're testing running in a, in a, in a workout where they don't have to run a mile and a half or three miles. Nothing wrong with that, folks. Test their ability to run. Test their ability to jump. In case you didn't forget, when we think about the components of what make up what is fitness, we're, we're, we're talking general physical skills and drills, agility, speed. Those things are involved here in this workout. Then we've got accuracy. We, we've got we've got strength. We've got stamina. And it's going to be a little bit more strength and stamina bias for the women because that upper body strength will be more of a limiter. Uh, a lot of the guys that do excel in being explosive are going to be able to take off with a great jump and only be a few pulls away from the top. But this workout isn't just going to be as simple and as easy as I believe a lot of people are concerned. I think it's going to be a show. I think it's going to be a beautiful show. It's going to be a fun one to throw down and watch. Now, skiing with Karen is event four. This is going to be event two of day two. I love this event. It is 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. So ascending, not descending, ascending rep scheme of concept two ski for calories, wall ball shots, 20 pounds for men, 14 for ladies to a 10 foot target and GHD sit-ups. Now the caveat is after every round is completed, you must handstand walk 80 feet in 40 foot unbroken sections. Now, is this a work capacity workout? Yes, but is there skills? Sure, this handstand walk under duress, shoulders blown up, hinging and pulling with the ski, squatting and pressing with the wall ball. And then, of course, the 150 GHD sit-ups. And that's going to be 150 wall balls as well. It is going to build up a ridiculous amount of fatigue. We are going to watch athletes have to hold on to the ball, have to be very strategic with how they ski and the, the tempo that they ski at. Um, I, I'm excited to watch this event. The time cap here is 25 minutes, and I believe that it has its place. Um, I, I really believe that, uh, this is a workout because of the ascending rep scheme that offers, offers us a different flavor. It makes it a little more difficult to prepare for as an athlete to understand that you're going to get through 10, 20, 30, 40, that is four rounds of a workout. And then when you get to 50, you still have a whole third of the workout to go is going to be a different type of psychological challenge and a different type of viewership for the audience. So very unique test in regards to how it's laid out. Now, is it fancy? Absolutely not. But are we getting a challenge of a skill set under duress, especially with the 40 foot unbroken sections? And, and here's what I'll argue. A lot of times the opinion is coming from, even when it's coming from a camp, like um, we'll keep bringing up the Ben Smith uh, podcast because of the fact that that's the one that I heard some of the most feedback from in a negative sense particularly, which I thought was strange for an athlete that's about to take the floor. Um, maybe save that, those opinions for after you throw down, but, but maybe not. Cause then it would be viewed as an excuse if you didn't do well or something like that. So who knows? But in my opinion, that's, that's the way I'd have gone about it. Um, this, this workout, they're going to argue for the elite of the elite, the elite at semifinals. And, and while a lot of people are going to say, well, Adrian, everyone at semifinals now is, is elite of elite. And that's not true. 
Um, it's not true. There are going to be athletes. I would say about a field of eight athletes at every semifinal that are going to be set apart completely from the rest of the field. Those athletes are the ones competing for a spot outside of those athletes. You're going to see a different tier. And then outside of the next 12 to 15 athletes, you're going to see another tier. And so this test is going to present itself. All these tests are going to present themselves differently to different athletes. We are simply at a stage in a sport where that's where the evolution has gone. People that take it or, or have trained it for years and do it almost at a professional level where that's their full-time focus, they have the ability to recover, to train, to have resources, to travel, to train, to have the coaches, to train, to do different things that other athletes do not. And that adds up. It adds up a lot over time. In our sport, the name of the game is recovery, and the name of the game is efficiency. What you do in the gym in every session with all the intention matters every time. And we've cre we've seen some great distances be created between these, these different categories of athletes. And so all these tests are going to look different heat to heat. Even there's going to be probably three heats at every particular region with 10 athletes. And it could be less heats because maybe they'll, they'll be able to stage with 15. I'm not sure the floor setups for every one of these, but we'll see a difference just like we do every single year. We'll see people get time capped and then we'll see people finish the workout in half a time cap. So, um, that's just another thing for us to consider, but skiing with Karen is going to make for some doms, some sore legs, some sore bellies and, uh, some tired shoulders. And then Day three, we're going to wake up. They're going to stretch their abs out. They're going to feel a little tension. They're going to move their legs. They're going to feel a little residual fatigue, and they have to do something called Jackie style, which is 1,000-meter row, 50 thrusters at 45 pounds for the men, 35 for the ladies, 60 chest-to-bar pull-ups, then another 50 thrusters at the same load, and then another 1K row. Time kept 15 minutes now. There's something I love about this workout. It's an, it's an aversion of Jackie, a benchmark workout that is OG and O old school. Shout out to Chase Ingram for the OG t-shirts that he just designed. If you guys don't follow him, um, you know, I've gotten to hop on a podcast with the CrossFit games, but give my man a follow. He just designed some pretty sweet shirts. If you consider yourself an OG, get in on those. But Jackie Styles an ode to the the OGs, the the culture, the the old school culture. And I think this is really cool the way they've written up this workout. Now, here's what's not cool about it. We're spending too much time on the rowers. I'm just going to be blunt about it. There's too much time on the rowers here. And we're squatting another 100 reps after we did 150 squats of a squat and a press yesterday. Now, Ben Smith and his camp had some strong opinions about this combination and the redundancy that we see here. And I would agree. I think that this seems as though uh, they could have, if they wanted to do another evolution or owed to a workout, it could have been a different selection with movement choices. There's a couple things to me that stand out about this workout. The time that we'll spend on the rower. And again, I alluded to the fact that the athletes should do the separating themselves. So I don't mind, but I just mind the way that it seems as though the wall ball and the thruster mimic each other so, so much. You make the thruster an overhead squat, you create more movement variance. And yes, it's still a very light load. And yes, you can do some things with it, but we could shorten the row on each end, maybe 750 on the, at the start and 750 at the bottom. Just, of course, make it an odd distance. It could be 700 meters. Hey, who said, guys, we've always got a program 250, 500, 750, 1K, 1, 1, you know, 1250, 5K. Like, we don't. We don't. You can step outside of these rep schemes, folks. Make it real hard on us athletes. 
things that we haven't paced before, distances we haven't touched before. And I'm not saying in, in length, I'm just saying different distances. It creates a different psychological stimulus, which creates a different physical stimulus. But I digress there and I'm just jumping into this 1K row, 50 thruster, 60 chest bar, 50 thruster, 1K row. It's going to hurt. Anything that ends on an erg is going to hurt really bad. Um, the 50 thrusters are going to go unbroken. They're going to break them down. They're going to do their thing. It's 45 pounds for the men, 35 for the ladies. They're going to breathe through those. And then we've got the 60 chest of our pull-ups, which whether you choose to break that up or not, they happen really quickly for athletes at this level. And um, yeah, I'm afraid that what we're looking here is simply a lot of fluff involved. And, and it's just going to be a, a rowing workout for the most part. So um I think there's excitement involved because it is the second to last workout of the weekend. Um, but it doesn't excite me a ton, but I do like the, 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 you know, not the hero workout, but the, the shout out to the benchmark. And I like the way they incorporated it, but not this year, not in this location and not with a thruster, particularly light. If it's differently loaded, I have a different opinion, but because it's just, it's a 45 pound thruster and a 35 pound thruster, it's a lot like a darn wall ball that they just did yesterday. Um, I don't mind squatting again here if you want to really challenge that, right? Because part of our job when we test is to test an athlete's recoverability as well. So should there be some redundancies? You know it, there should be. Um, because of the fact that uh, they did 10 legless rope climbs in a workout, and then they're going to do... 60 chest of bars in a workout. Is that going to affect many of these athletes? Absolutely not. Uh, because 10 legless rope climbs in a workout for, for most of these males is not a big deal. And for the females, they'll build up fatigue, but they will recover from that fatigue. Um, you don't get very sore. There's not a lot of eccentric loading in rope climbs. Um, so nonetheless, uh, this is a, this is, I like the place of this workout mainly because of what it sets up for the final workout. And I'd like to talk to these guys potentially that, that program this and see where their mind was and see the logistics and hear the rationalization and justification for their selections. I think that's an important part for these semifinals. Maybe when they've dropped the, maybe when they drop the workout, they have an opportunity to, to host some kind of live press conference where we can do a Q and a, they jump on YouTube live or they jump on their website, but they do something to allow the community to interact with them and they can justify and tell the story of this, or they have content ready to do that. I think that would add tremendous value for all of us. But then the final event is also an ode to uh, a really cool hero workout uh, that we have seen or not hero. Again, it's a benchmark where we are going to test some high skills, quick transitions, and it's going to be an awesome show in my opinion. But we are going with event six, King Kong 2.0, three rounds of eight ring muscle-ups, six deficit handstand push-ups at nine inches for men, six inches for ladies, four sandbags to shoulder at 200 and 150, and then two squat snatches at 205 and 145. Now, I really like uniquely the loading here for the sandbag and for the squat snatch. I like the deficit for the handstand push-up, although I'm a big fan of parallettes. I think changing the hand position, gripping a parallette instead of having a flat surface to press off adds a unique challenge. And we know athletes, particularly headed, headed to the CrossFit Games, are going to be doing eight-ring muscle-ups unbroken, no doubt about that. But um, I like this workout. The time cap's 10 minutes. It's going to be fast. I like the variance in movement selection. Um, all, all in all, when it comes down to it, folks, I'm running out of time, so I got to get my butt off this thing. But the layout of the events, 
does leave a touch more to be desired. I'm not here to be a hard critic on the way they've set up this thing. I know people put in some serious hours, but I'd, I'd like to see just s- some more variance, I guess, in where where and what we're testing. Again, the Jackie style place where it is uh, can build up a lot of fatigue, but it's easy to build up fatigue in any jerk that could program can do that. I'd like to see a, a thruster load there that is different than and feels different than what we see there for the wall ball shots, particularly volume of reps and everything else in, encompassed and included there. There's such such similar stimulus when it comes to the squat and the press. Um, and then we're squatting again here in King Kong too. Uh, so a lot of squatting the last ladder part of the, the competition. And again, I'll say if that's what they want to test and that's, that's what the, their heart of hearts and their intentions was, then awesome and good for them. But King Kong 2.0 is going to be a show. We are about to watch some of the fittest athletes in the world in the history of our sport take the floor this weekend. Hopefully, I get an opportunity to break down some of the other events for you guys and even talk teams a little bit. Um, my, my general opinion about what Syndicate Crown come out with the team side is, is very similar, though. Uh, just right out the gate, I can generally sum, summarize the fact that I think you know they do a lot of warm work, which is cool. Um, I like it, you know, but they're doing... Well, let's see. I'm going to just give you a quick run rundown really quick. Diddy Kong racing in event six at the end is cool because it mimics the, the individual workout. And then event five, we're going to count down from the top, has worm squats in it. Uh, then event four has over, dumbbell overhead squats in it with worm stuff. Then event three has thrusters in it with a barbell. Then event two has more squats in it with a wall ball. Then event... One is a snatch slider, where I guess you don't have to technically squat snatch it, but I will tell you that every single event has some form of squat squatting. I don't understand, folks. That seems a bit redundant. That I've got negative feedback about. Now, are we going to test work capacity? Are some of the fittest teams going to make it through? 100%. Is that the goal? 100%. But this flavor needs to be changed up. There needs to be some pepper with this salt. I mean, look, we're squatting every workout. That's a problem. That is a problem. Squat-centric. We call these a squat, the squat crown. The syndicate, the syndicate squat crown that we want to call that for the teams potentially, but listen, I'm not here to be a, a huge critic about these guys. I think they did a great job overall. I think no matter what the athletes are going to put on a great show for us. And I really am excited about what we're going to see. Um, best of luck to everybody. I think our girl, Christine Colenbrander competing at the syndicate crown this weekend is going to punch her first opportunity to compete at the CrossFit games as an individual. So I'm, we're sending her good vibes. Thanks for hopping on the show, Christine. And remember crew, Stay tuned. Later this week, we're sitting down with Pat Vellner and Dallin Pepper. If you guys got suggested questions for me to ask them, I want you to shoot them to me. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or reach out to the show. But if you guys enjoy this type of stuff, if you want to hear more breakdowns, if you like my opinion, if you disagree with my opinion, A, share it because all feedback is good feedback in my eyes. And what I like to do is just send you guys out with a, hey, have a great rest of your week. I hope that uh, you're surrounded by people who inspire you to do great things. And I hope that you're out there inspiring people to do great things because no matter what, we're on here having fun. I'm trying to inspire you. We're talking a little bit of competition. We're talking the CrossFit games. We're being a little bit critical, but the whole goal to everything involved and everything that I hope to be a part of is that ultimately we all just keep rising.